0: it's the success line this is the place where achievers come to get advice on how to solve business problems and unlock their true potential every week a new listener of the show sits down with success coaching director ben fairfield to talk through a roadblock and learn a lesson now here he is ben fairfield Hey everyone, your host Ben Fairfield here for The Success Line. Welcome to The Success Line. I am really excited about our guest today, uh, Mr. Jake Dixon. Now, in all fairness, Jake, we do know each other, but I didn't know you were coming on. I still don't know the topic of what we're talking about, but it's great to have you here with us. It's great to be here, and I hope this
1: success line I can put on speed dial on my phone, so I can just do this anytime I need your help on something. (laughs)
0: Uh, hey, we, we aim to please. We aim to please, man. So so give the audience uh, uh, you know, the Reader's Digest version of who is Jake.
1: Yeah, so real quick. So, well, first of all, my identity is certainly summed up in the fact that I'm a father of two amazing and beautiful daughters. I'm a husband, um, all of those wonderful things. But from a business perspective, I'm the owner, founder of the Locker Room Real Estate Coaching and Training Company, and uh, we specialize in partnering with broker owners to assist them as well as their agents on all things related to growth, retention, productivity, and profitability.
0: That's awesome. It's like you've said that a few times before. It just just ha- seems to roll <laughs> off the tongue a little bit. Yes. <laughs> I love it, man. So, so I've watched your, your career and your business grow over the years. We were in the same ecosystem at one point, point. Yeah. Uh, and, and I've watched it with a lot of admiration because you've, uh, you've built something from the ground up. And you've had a lot of success with it. You've impacted a ton of people. So uh, so I'm grateful to have you here today and, and that we get to work together because you in your own right are a fantastic coach. And so it's always fun when we get two coaches on the call, which doesn't happen often, but when it does... Uh, I trust there's going to be some some nuggets that people listening can take away from this, so uh, so you know the format of the call and how this works. You understand what we're here to do, so so it sounds like you've got a challenge or something you want to work through and noodle through uh, on the success line. So what is it uh, that you're you're up against right now?
1: Yeah, well, let me first say that thank you for doing this because as a listener and now a participant uh being able to hear things and know that I'm not crazy. I'm not the only one dealing with these (laughs) challenges is very helpful. So if anything I say, I can promise you it's going to come from full transparency and vulnerability today for anybody listening to this. So um, the one thing I guess I'd like to to get out of this, or at least have us dialogue about is, you know, thank you for your comments, but we we've hit a point now we've been doing this for five, uh, five years going on six years and I'm, I feel like we're hitting our head against the ceiling as far as scaling. So all of our systems and, and coaching and materials, they're great. I think they're really, really good. But now how do I take our brand and be be like success? You know, Is it only time on task and I just need to be patient? Or, or it really comes from a marketing and a branding perspective. How do we really break through so the general public and our target audience knows who we are and we come, become that household name? Uh, to them. Okay. So it's kind of dipping into that marketing and branding side of things. How do do we get more visible? How do we create a bigger audience? Okay. When did you start, Jake? So we officially became incorporated August of 2016. But technically speaking, we've been doing the expansion um, partnering with other offices and agents since July of 2017.
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, so it's really again. This is the fun part. Like this is not that old of a company, and in, in no. the terms of, <laughs> in the in the scheme of things, like this is still a young company. Yes. You've had a lot of success uh, for a company that it's as young as it as it is. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um. So without divulging anything that's sensitive, um, give us an idea of where you're at now as far as how many people you're helping, or or something. Sure. Just give it. What's the baseline? Where are we starting from?
1: Yeah. So roughly speaking, um, we've helped. Gosh, and when I say help, let's rephrase that. We've partnered with roughly 250 to 230 uh, real estate brokerages. And by doing so, we've we've helped train coach deliver content to literally over probably 20,000 agents at this point.
0: Okay. And when you set out uh, to build this Jake, and you built the locker room, what was your aspiration? Like what was the goal? Oh my gosh! You know, I, I, it's kind of an unfair question
1: because I I catch myself constantly thinking, well, didn't know that, wasn't thinking big enough then, <laughs> so it started out in our in our shared ecosystem at that time, just to grow and expand into as many offices as I could, you know. And since then, we've we've opened ourselves up to being brand agnostic. We we don't care what you know where you hang your hat and what you, the the front of the jersey says, so to speak. So it's really evolved to that. And I, I'll tell you this, I guess. I, we have this kind of internal rally cry called 1%, 1 degree. You, know, you can apply that to a lot of things. And as it relates to goals and objectives, let's say for the sake of example, there's 106,000 real estate brokerages in the United States. We want 1%. That's our first big, big rock that we know we can move the needle in the opposite direction um, by, by partnering with 1,000-ish real estate companies. And it's like, wow, I think we've got the team and all the resources to do that. But how in the world do we brand ourselves and market ourselves in such a way that they have a familiar familiarity with
0: us? Okay. So we've helped approximately 250. If we're going for the goal yeah. of 1%, and we've got a gap of 750, essentially. You got it. Okay. All right. And, and what, is the, what was the process you used to get to the 250? Like, how did you do that? I wish I could tell you it was some secret thing,
1: man. But honest honest to God's truth, up until a month ago, I've never spent a single penny on marketing or advertising or anything of the sorts. I know nothing about it until recently. (laughs) We've never had to do it. So my my answer is it's all been through word of mouth, referral, and if anything, just using social media with intentionality because I'm very visible and add a a lot of value in certain Facebook groups and things to to our industry – and so it's just kind of been reciprocated through word of mouth. Got it. Okay. And how long have you
0: been at 250?
1: Well, it, that's a moving target. So right now we don't have 250 active. I'm just saying through the lifetime of our existence, we've helped. Sure. Some have stayed. Some have gone. Whatever. But um, what was your question?
0: <laughs> <laughs> so how long did it take to get you to get here?
1: Well, what did you you do to get here? Four years all through word of mouth and being intentional by giving value. People have a way of just saying, hey, I want to learn more about that.
0: Okay, so so what I'm hearing you say is then if we're if we're following that same model, that's not going to work for you because that's like three more rounds of this amount of time. if, If we go the same path. Yes, yes. And I think with
1: the team and the resources and systems, we're just we're just we're anxious. We're ready. We're we're ready for that acceleration. I mean, there's nothing wrong with slow and sustainable growth. And by any definition, I I wouldn't call our growth slow, but I'm really ready to go from E to P for lack of a better term, knowing that there's more we could be doing and now's the time to to full throttle that through intentional marketing, campaigning, events, whatever the the options may be.
0: Yeah. Okay. So this is (laughs) This is awesome. So uh, you you said something E to P and for some people know what that is and some don't. So I want to I want to expand there a little bit. There's there's uh, the, the phrase E to P stands for entrepreneurial to purposeful. Right. So just context for the listeners if they've never heard this before. Entrepreneurial is where we all set out. We're we're riding on our own God's given natural abilities and talents and energy. Uh, We we are we are just shaking hands and kissing babies. We're making it happen, right? Uh, And and the challenge with that, regardless of industry, is that that can take us to a certain level, and it won't take us one step further. And so it's not until we then sit back and say, "Okay, so we've we've ridden this entrepreneurial horse as far as it'll take us. Uh, we got to go find the purposeful horse. We need to change strategies and think differently." Which essentially is exactly the conversation we're going to have today. Is what That's I'm it. hearing uh, is is what do we what do we do? So you've. You've done an amazing job on your charisma and your natural talent and ability. You've got good product. Let's not forget that. Like you can't sell a crappy product if you, you know, so, so all of these are coming together well, so not taking anything away, but it's gotten you to a certain point, but you want to go to a higher level, uh, which is going to require a different strategy, a different approach. You right? said and it so yeah. we're, we're not going to be able to to go much further. You're going to hit this ceiling of achievement, if you will. You're going to bump your head on this where we are status quo number unless something changes. Nothing changes unless something changes.
1: And can I add one dynamic just for the listeners yeah. to that? Like and, and then it becomes this catch 22. It's like, look, there's nothing wrong. Like our people are winning. Everybody's happy. It's just it, it becomes more about the the purpose the mission and the passion behind it because it's like i know we can impact more people and when they see it they love it but how do we get that message out there so that's not the deterrent or factor that prevents our growth but it's not like there's a problem it's just we all know we could be so much better
0: yep and then jake that's you you hit it perfectly here's what i want to make sure that we're establishing it comes down to why you started this in the first place, right? And I know, I know you did it because you wanted to impact people. That's your heart. That's who you've been. I mean, heck, I've known you like ten, ten years now, eight years. I mean, it's a, it's been a fair amount of time. You, you're the same person today as you were then in terms of your heart for people. So, so it, it's of a pure heart. It's of the intention to impact people. What I think is interesting a lot of times in coaching, and, and we, we have a VIP group that we spend time with. We literally, right before this call, I was with that group and we were talking, ironically enough, without me knowing this topic, we were talking about this very same thing because there literally is an entrepreneur in that group who has a very successful business that many people would know the name of. And they're in a very similar situation, different industry, but similar situation of how do we, how do we leave the old to, to go for the new? And we had this conversation about the importance of uh, what's the heart behind it. Because what we know is that the, the relentless desire for more is going to leave people hollow, empty, and it does not create anything sustainable. And so when I'm coaching people and I have this conversation, I always start there because if the only reason somebody can give me for wanting to grow is just to get more or to just do more, well, oh, that's good, but that's not enough. Like That doesn't, that doesn't connect enough, relate enough. That's not going to pull you through the crappy days enough. And so, your what I'm hearing you say is your desire is is because you want to impact more people, you want to reach more people, touch more lives, and change more futures. Is that fair? It that's perfectly said and more than fair. It's it's really the
1: the cliche, perhaps to some, depending on their personal growth journeys, um, going from success to significance. That's the best way I mm-hmm. can summarize it because it's not it's not about me anymore. It, it used to be. I yeah. mean, I used to be you know walking around and it's all about Jake. I got to get myself <laughs> right. Okay. But it's been that fun, fun transition for me to say, wow, it's actually not about me at all. Mm. And now that we've created this stuff with this amazing group of people, we owe it to the industry and the world and families to do more and become more. And I think we're all ready for, for that next step. And, and to the industry, you know, you've heard me say this, Ben, what we're really after is doing something about the 87% attrition rate in our real estate industry. Or how over 90% of the National Association of Realtors sells 24 or fewer homes per year. Like, that's our audience. So, how will uh-huh. I know when mission has been accomplished? It's when 87% is now 70%. It's at right. least moving the needle
0: instead of this attitude of acceptance. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, so with that, um, where I think – so, we've established the fact that it's for the right reason, right? There's yeah. – there is, there is pure intent, it's right intent that will carry you across that finish line. It's, it's enough to get you there uh, on, on its face. It's not just a relentless pursuit of more. So, so we've established that. So then we, when we look at it and we got to ask ourselves a few questions, in my opinion. Um, this conversation came up in this VIP group as well that we were talking about, you know, the, the, the natural tendency for all of us to push back when it comes to marketing or messaging, to push back against the concept of, niching down or if you're my friends in canada niching it (laughs) out niching down like no but you know what i'm saying like when we when we go on to like narrow our focus there's a natural tendency in all of us to go oh but will there be enough people there like i don't know am i am i cutting my nose off to spite my face is that really the smartest move and what i challenged the vip group to do and we had a great conversation about this but i I think it's relevant to to your situation too is i'm not suggesting that you need to to niche down i'm suggesting you need to micro niche so what's the niche within your niche? So you talked about, and, I want, and that's a question for you. I'm going to buy you some time to think about it. <laughs> but your niche is real estate broker owners is what I heard you say. Um, and, and my guess is it's because they want to increase productivity of their salespeople. Now, what's the sub niche within that niche? Because there's a lot of brokerages out there, but you don't need all the brokerages. You need the ones that need what you have to offer. So what's the sub niche of that niche group that you were targeting originally, uh, what do you think that is? Who are they? And, and there's a couple of questions I would ask everyone listening and, and give to you to ask yourself. It's, what's their biggest pain point? And another way of asking is, what keeps them awake at night?
1: That's why, uh, that's why you're Ben. That's a great question. <laughs> that's a really great question. So, in the hot seat here. Okay, so, micro niche. I love that phrase, by the way. So, yes, it starts with broker-owners. Hundred and six thousand. Okay, not even including team leads and all the things. So I'm going to give you an answer, but that's going to I'm going to have to think about that further. I, I would further say it's indie broker owners, independents. Yep. Sure, we can service the, the the franchises, and we do. But we have really seen and, and enjoyed working with the, the independent brokerages a lot because they don't have access to resources, and we are in some senses some senses their franchise system in a box you know so i would that probably cuts it down by 50 percent at least okay so do we know what that number is i i've I've seen statistics that it's roughly 53 percent of the brokers are
0: independent owners okay indeed so let's consider it though let's just call it for easy math fifty thousand people we've narrowed it down to yes yes out of the 106,000 brokerages in the United States, easy math because I'm from Idaho. Let's make it easy math. 50,000 people is our is our niche. Now, what's the, the micro niche inside of those 50,000? Wow.
1: Again, great question. So I guess the best I could explain it without saying, oh, that's you. Because I can say, yes, you are or no, you're not when it comes to the indie model. Mm-hmm. But my next answer isn't exactly that clear cut. So it's people, for example – who value relationships, because we we use the terminology, we're a partnership. Yes, coaching is a part of what we do, but we really frame it as you're, we're a partner. Okay. We're almost like an extension of your brand and your extension of ours. And together we make amazing things happen. So I guess part of that is within that 50,000 people, those who value relationships and that partnership model, those who are coachable, those who share similar values to us, that it's not about us and it's about, in fact, serving their agents and staffs at the highest level. Um, so it's similar to the questions you're asking me. If, if, if we ask them, hey, what's this about? And their answers are all, well, it's about me and retiring myself. Are they really in alignment with us? Not that that's, there's no judgment, but I'd rather they say, hey, it's, it's about helping my people win and be the best they can be so that I can, therefore, be the best. You, you get what I'm saying? So Absolutely. So I I'm going to s- keep asking
0: you questions. Okay. <laughs> so it. we're talking about this 50,000. We're talking about people that value relationships in that model, yep. that are coachable, and that have shared values, meaning top-level-wise, meaning that they, they care about their agents. They truly yes. care about the people that work at their brokerage yes. or at their company. So So of those people... People that that check those three boxes. I want to ask you another couple of questions. First, uh, what do you think the average size is of those brokerages? So we
1: actually track that. And all I can say is of our own data here. But the average size is 35 agents, let's call it.
0: Okay. So 35 average agents in the brokerages that you're targeting, they share these values, they yeah. care about the agents, and they're coachable. So I want you to, to remove your locker room hat for a second and put on the hat of a brokerage owner that has mm-hmm. 35 agents, okay. that is an independent brokerage uh, in, a, in a time where technology is, is taking over the industry in the sense of how it's done, not what's done, but how, um, and how they're realizing that, that they are competing with companies uh, who have the resources because of affiliation with a bigger company uh, to be able to provide tools that maybe they can't or that they, don't, they aren't able to based on a budgetary constraint, maybe. So I want you to, to get really focused in being that person um, without duplicating what I said. I want you to go deeper. What's keeping that person up at night? Yeah. What are they concerned about? So here's what it is. All right, I have an answer for you because
1: we, we created a master class for this. What we find is... They struggle just like any other brokerage does with agent engagement, productivity, you know, getting squeezing every ounce out of that lemon that you can. That aside, they have to still be in production. Because generally speaking, when you ask them about their goals, they don't want to be in production and have the weight of the responsibility of of running a brokerage. But they have to be because the brokerage itself can't sustain their their lifestyle or their goals or whatever the case may be unless they're still in production doing their own business. They're always the top producer of their own company.
0: So this is interesting. So we went from 50,000. Let's start it. We went from 106,000 to 50,000. And now we're talking about uh, who knows how many of the 50,000, but I guarantee you it's a micro niche of the 50,000 that have 35 agents and are in production themselves wanting to get out of production. What else about that person? What else is keeping them up at night or causing them uh, angst? You know, I think it comes down to our
1: four cornerstones. of We call it GPPR, growth, retention, productivity, and profitability. I, I think that's what keeps them up at night, asking themselves, how do I, how do I have an exit plan? How, is, this, is this it for me? Like it's this never-ending revolving cycle of stay in production. But if I don't, then I can't do this and vice versa. So they generally don't see that there's a way out. They can't see the forest from the trees kind of thing. So I think it's my net worth. My, my What is my PL, and What is my budget? It's a lot of the finances that traditionally keeps them back. But it's a catch-22 because if they said, see you later buying and selling homes, that time that they just earned back, now they can pour into, into their agents more. Now they can go recruit more agents. So it becomes kind of this wash and then some, but it's that fear of bridging. Can I really do this? And can I cut off my business and go full, full speed ahead, banking on other people's
0: performance? Well, you've done a great job of coaching yourself in this because here's what we know, though. And this is where I, I want to make sure the listeners are, are following along here. It doesn't matter what the industry, it doesn't matter what the business, the process is the exact same. We've gone from a big, ambiguous number of targets and we've drilled it down to where we can almost tell you what they're thinking at night before they fall asleep. And the reason that's so valuable is, you know, before, to your point, what you said is you were very entrepreneurial, you did what came naturally, you 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 shook hands and kissed babies, and you have a great product, and so you marry those two, and it rides you to or it takes you to a certain point of success. Now you want to go further than that, and so now we have to take a strategic approach, and, and that likely includes marketing. And marketing is nothing more than connecting the right message with the right person at the right time. And so through this process now, uh, we don't need all 106,000. I would argue we just need 1% of the 50,000 to start. That's right. That's right. And so now we have the messaging that we can put in front of the right market through targeted advertising on social media and everywhere else we go, but we can use messaging that resonates. We're in a Pop-Tart culture where we can't be long-form copy. There's a place for that. I don't think this is that, and I'm not an expert in marketing, but I would be willing to bet and argue That you have about three to five seconds on an ad, regardless of where you're placing it, to get their attention and say, okay, he's speaking to me versus this isn't my deal and I'm going to keep scrolling. What are your thoughts there? It's such a good point. This is really good. I'm having a lot of
1: breakthroughs right now. So thank you for this, Ben. Um, and what that just triggered for me, because I'm, I'm seeking evidence, what's going on as I'm listening to you, as I'm processing, where's that evidence? How's that shown up in my life before? And I, f- I think I found an instant. So to go back to when we initially started in that ecosystem that we both came from, I started out, and this this ended up hurting for a period, but it worked to start. I started out addressing exactly what you just asked me, which is what's keeping them up at night. With the group of, they call them productivity coaches, that was my target audience, I knew what was keeping them up at night because I was listening to every call and everything, we're every Facebook group and what they were saying. And it was a tracking system. How do I track my agent's performance so that I can coach them and hold them accountable? So what did we do? We created a really fancy and amazing tracking system. <laughs> a year and a half later, though, as people start chirping, you know, We incidentally became known as a fancy tracking system. And that's all Mm -hmm. people knew our company to be. When I've got – I'm like, that's crazy. I'm coaching them. I've got all this amazing content. And what do you mean we're a fancy tracking system? So it worked until it kind of didn't. And then we had to Mm -hmm. go through the shift and rebranding and turn that barge in a very narrow canal. And I think we've accomplished that mission today. Sure. But what you just – you just took me back three years, four years when I answered that exact question for myself, but I haven't asked it since.
0: Mm. Well, and, and I think most of us entrepreneurs, when we're, when we're, it's the best picture. I literally just use this in that VIP group as well. You think about the duck on the pond and on the surface, everything looks completely calm, but underneath those little paddles are just going like crazy. And if you could just see what was happening below the surface, your mind would be blown that this duck is, but, on the surface, it's just calm and steady. As entrepreneurs, we can get so caught up in the day to day and doing all the things and being all the places and being all the people that the business needs us to be that that we don't take a step out of the business to work on it because we're so busy working in it. Yeah.
1: yeah, that is very true. And I think you know've I've tried to be conscious about working on the business, but I've allowed myself to say or convince myself, well, Jake, working on the business is creating this new resource. But, and that's not necessarily wrong, but I haven't worked on the business in the same capacity that you just spoke to, which is am I allowing myself that quiet space to ask questions, to follow the breadcrumbs of what worked back then that led to our explosive growth? And why am I now not asking those same questions now to lead to the next phase of explosive growth? You just. That out of me, man. Thank
0: you. Right. But that's the kid. That's everyone listening right now is like, yep, been there. Like, I guarantee yeah. you, everyone listening right now is like, yep, been there. Done that. Got the t-shirt. Was a fun ride. Glad I learned. But, but we're gonna be there again, like here's yeah. what I'm telling you, man. I I go back there. Like all of us will go back there because we we work so hard to to generate the leads and create the growth. And and then once we're in the growth, we're like, oh my gosh. Stuff's falling apart. There's leaks in the boat. I got to patch this hole over here. Like We get so busy then t- taking care of the business we just generated that we lose sight of the fact that we need to take time to go back and really evaluate how is it working? What was my hypothesis? How did it show up? What do I need to learn from that? How do I make that a tweak going forward so that I can exponentially continue to just grow this? Mm-hmm. So, so we're, we're not done yet, though. Because we've identified the niche. Uh, we, we have a, a sub niche or a micro niche of that group. Uh, we have an idea of who they are, what they're thinking, what their their obstacles are, their pain points. So, so we're, we have the start of an idea of messaging, but messaging doesn't matter until we have the method figured out because I can have the best message. But if I have the wrong method and I'm not connecting it with the right people at the right time, then the message is irrelevant. So so talk to me for a bit. Now let's let's go down the path of this sub-niche that we're we're envisioning and we're working towards or, or identifying. Where do they where do they see your messaging? Where is most effective to find them?
1: So here's what's interesting about that question. I actually have more concrete answers to that than I did on your prior questions. And here's why, I think, is because I jump, skipped, leaped over those fundamental questions you just asked. And I went straight into what methods, what strategies. Hmm. So here's what we are doing and it is working by the way. Um, and if it would work, imagine what it would look like if I was doing what we're doing now with the right messaging to the right targeted audience. Hello. So what we're doing right <laughs> now, Ben is about a month and a half ago, we started ads uh, and retargeting ads and right now, literally, before hopping on here, we're working with 26 active leads that came directly through our ads over the last several weeks. I mean, it's just amazing. It's like, poof, why haven't we been doing this all along? So there's that. We're doing the ad thing, and we're being very intentional about how we participate in Facebook groups. Now, we're not coming in there guns a-blazing saying, look at us, look at us. It's a billboard It's self-promotion that that goes nowhere real fast. Mm-hmm. But we're just engaging. We're, we're providing comments we're, we're commenting back on the comments and just being a part of the group and community you know what and if people like you yeah, they're gonna click on your profile or whatever and see see who you are and what you're doing it just has a way of organically coming about but the more direct way I would say is we are finally for the first time ever spending money
0: on ads and retargeting absolutely uh, so a couple of thoughts here yeah it, this this advertising this online advertising online advertising is is uh, absolutely essential. Like I don't, I don't think anyone gets to not play that game. Yeah. Uh, unless you've been in the business a long time, you've built the business to the level you want it to be at, and you can ride that out for the rest of your working days, your life. Then you probably, if you, if that's not you, then you probably have to get into uh, marketing. Here's what we know that's interesting: online marketing costs have gone up, not down. So even though there's more avenues for online marketing, the cost has actually gone up. What's fascinating, though. And what's counterintuitive for most people, and I had this conversation with a client the other day, when we actually micro niche, and we're real clear on our messaging and the who, and we we narrow our focus rather than a lot of people want to take the shotgun approach, and they just want to get it out to everybody. Well, the problem is I don't need everyone, I just need the right ones. And so when we go through this process of, of fighting against our intuition and our gut feeling, and we actually go down the path of micro niching, and we make the ads and the messaging and the targeting in line with that micro niche market, even though it's a smaller group, our ad costs have actually gone down. That's so true.
1: That's so true. We just did that, Ben. Uh, like I paid that price. I should have talked to you about four <laughs> weeks ago. Um, and, and it was fascinating. It was a simple question. I went to our group of these broker owners and stuff. And I said, hey, if you had to pick between these two, where do you go for your information? Do you go to YouTube or do you go to a relevant Facebook group? of them, 100% said Facebook group. I was, I was literally right there getting ready to just, Oh, I'm going on this YouTube rant and I'm going to drop two videos a day for the rest of my life. And it's like, dude, your audience doesn't go there. They don't have the attention spans to sit there and watch videos. They want it now and they want to see what their peers are doing and blah, blah, blah. Anyways. So our ads, for example, are going funneling them to a free open community Facebook group, right? And now for, on top of that, we're going to begin layering events. So starting next year, we're going to have in-person events for the first time ever. So now we can invite them to an event and we got that rapport. We've got some familiarity. Now all of a sudden we're belly to belly and it's just this organic flow that seems natural and not salesy to anyone.
0: Absolutely. So. Now that that group, who's it for? It's called broker talk. So it clearly outlines
1: it's for broker owners. And all of our ad copy says to that, you got to be accepted in blah, 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 all those things. So it's for broker owners. I know what you're going to say. It's not for independent broker owners. Very interesting.
0: (laughs) Very interesting. Uh, Now, I'm not suggesting you change that group, but I am suggesting maybe there's a second group that's created. Because here's here's what I would be willing to argue and bet. And you and I, same ecosystem, we watched people come together in big groups and share yes. or not share things. Uh, if I'm an independent real estate brokerage owner, I'm going to be very skeptical or cautious about what I share in a group of franchised mm. broker owners. Because we're not on the same team. I, I see them as competition and I can't relate to them as much because they have a lot of stuff just organically built into their system. It doesn't make it better or worse. as none of my point. But my point is, maybe that you have a, a one group for all broker owners. We're talking about micro-niching. What happens when you create a, a subgroup within that, which now Facebook allows? I was just on a call the other day. Facebook allows hmm. subgroups within groups. Okay. Now you create a micro-niched group for your independent broker owners. Because now your conversations in that group can be completely sp- specifically targeted towards their pain. doesn't have to be as general to just a broker owner because they have two different sets of challenges. That's such a good, that's such a smart point. I have not considered that. Mm-hmm. It's something I would look at because what you're wanting to do, and I think it's brilliant. And we've, I've talked to a number of people on the success line about this, about the importance of building community, all different walks of life and in industries and businesses. It really is relevant what it is, but people crave community and they want to be around others that are in similar situations or dealing with similar challenges or problems, uh, or as we see opportunities, uh, but they want to be in community with people like that. And so you get to be the person or you have the ability or the option to become the person that is the community creator for them. Yeah. Well, if they're they're coming into a community where all of a sudden now you're facilitating discussion and collaboration and masterminding, uh, I don't know if they're going to look too many other places for advice on anything else related to their business.
1: Well, that's really smart.
0: I had not considered that as far as,
1: I mean, because yeah, in any group, I mean, it's not just unique to ours, I don't believe, but you're going to have a percentage who over participates, you're going to have a percentage who, you know, if it's relevant, they'll chime in. But I don't know. I think you've got a majority that they're just like professional voyeurs. It's not to say they're not getting value, but I've learned from so many people. Oh, yeah. I, I search in the keyword thing and read all the former posts about whatever topic. I'm like, yep. Really? Because it's been great. I, I didn't think you engaged, but they are. They're watching. Mm-hmm. They just mm-hmm. take a little bit of more of a backseat. It's no different than you and I, or at least for me, believe it or not. When I was in high school, I was the guy who sat in the back of the class and I didn't want to raise my hand in fear of looking or sounding stupid if I asked a question or gave a wrong answer. And I think that still carries forward into adulthood in things and forums like Facebook groups. I don't know. Bingo. Maybe I'm over. No,
0: let's, let's take that a step further. You're not – you're not you're, – you're right in line with this. Let's think, think about that thought you just said. They don't want – everyone wants to look good and be right. Yeah. So that's what they're afraid of not being are those two things. What happens when we niche them into a group that all that they're surrounded by are people in situations exactly like theirs? Yeah. There becomes, I would argue, less of an opportunity for dumb questions or opportunities to look wrong or bad. Yeah. You're, you're exactly right. I mean, I, I think you're right. And Not having done a successful,
1: that, a successful <laughs> group like that yet, logically, makes all the sense in the world. All the
0: sense in the world. That's good. So, so we, we, t- we have the message – we have the method to get the message to them. Yeah. Um, then it comes down to, so content. So message for marketing is the hook. It's going to get them in, engaged to interact with you, to, to take that next step, whatever that is. They get into the group. Uh, talk to me about what's the, what is the need they have in terms of training, conversation, guidance. Like What, what do they, those broker owners, the sub group we're talking about, what do they need What speaks to them and moves the needle for them in their business to where you can help them get a win as their coach? Not to sound cliche, but I think they need a a plan. They need somebody who can see something that they
1: cannot because they're in it. That outsider's perspective. And again, I'll go back to this masterclass. It's how to get out of production. Um, I don't remember the full name, forgive me, but one of our coaches wrote it. How to get out of production, something, something, something. And it's kind of using like the... Uh, Expert Secrets formula of how to blank without blank. So I'm hitting on the the what they want without and then I'm hitting on the pain. Right. Or the fear. So so, I think for any, sev- any sort of ad copy, it would have to likely include within those first three to five seconds. Hey, are you a broker? Are you an independent broker owner who's tired of having to still sling real estate essentially to – Uh, Keep your business afloat. Of course, those aren't the words I would use, but you
0: get the point. Yep. 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 Absolutely. So, so here's here's what I would also throw out there, and I would challenge you to to consider. Uh, You brought up YouTube, and I I don't disagree with your your thought process about where people go. Like I I believe all of that with every fiber of my being. What I also believe and know to be fact is that YouTube is the second largest search engine in the the world. So what I would suggest is every opportunity you have to get the most bang for the buck, you want to take it. So you have this group. You're going to be creating, I would assume, content, courses, webinars, stuff for them, items of value for them. Uh, What happens if you take those courses, you record them on Zoom, and then you snip three to, to 50 second for your ads to get more people to come in because now they're seeing the community that you're creating and you're also taking snips and, and you're doing two to three minute videos on youtube that you're putting even if no one watches them on youtube the algorithm and and all of the things that are happening on the back end are giving you a bump on search results what are your thoughts there
1: 100 in alignment with what we've been coached to do and we are doing it and here's the catch however so so i've got we've got hundreds of videos and so we've hired a va to go in there and Snip, snip the three to five minute or 60 second sound bites or whatever, and we are using them on social media, our, our Facebook page. What's not happening is that we're uploading them into a public YouTube channel. We have a channel, but everything we create, we, we, doc, we click the button that's unlisted, so it's not available or visible to the open public. And to an extent, that's okay, because I want to keep certain things behind the paywall. But whether it's a little... Th- three to five minute section or soundbite or something, there's no reason to your point that we shouldn't put that out there. And what I know about it is the, the titles are everything. It's what are those keywords and there's all these programs and things that can tell you what that is, what people are typing in. We've all, we've looked at that. So it's, it's a capacity issue of nobody's focused on doing that yet, but we at least have the awareness that it needs to be
0: done and repurpose our, our content. That's, that's already there. Absolutely. Because yeah. what I can tell you, too, is video ads, obviously, the click rate is significantly higher right. than a, a static uh, image or text ad. So yeah. uh, so we, we've, let's go back just to come forward. <laughs> I know, it's a <laughs> we've, lot. Covered some, we've covered some ground, <laughs> my have. man. All right. So, so 106,000 brokerages, uh, we've narrowed it down to 50,000. We then narrowed it down to a sub-niche of broker owners who are independent, meaning they're not with a franchise. They have an average agent count in their office of about 35, uh, and they have the desire to get themselves out of production, meaning so that the business is not dependent upon them still selling. They want to replace that production with people in their office so they can focus on either getting out or pouring into those people but doing something other than sales. Have we missed anything so far? You've said it perfectly. Yep. Yeah. All right. So so moving forward, I mean, there's obviously there's a lot of stuff we've covered what's what's the one thing that makes the biggest difference where do you start
1: i think we start with crafting the message because like you said without the right message even if you know that you're right market it still goes nowhere so i feel good about identifying the market i don't feel good yet knowing that our message or the group that we're getting people in is still on point knowing what i know now about the market so I think that's the first place. And then everything else, once that's figured out, it's just, I mean, to the listeners, I guess, throwing some money at it and doing, doing the ad spend and keeping that bucket yep. full and trusting our sales process to convert and nurture the leads.
0: Well, and it's something you said. There, and I agree. I, I agree with everything you just said. That's that's the priority I saw it in. But it's, it's up to you. It's up to what you see priority being. Uh, one thing I will tell you too, for for those listening, when it comes to, and we're learning this now on the success side, and we continue to learn every day. But what's what's incredibly valuable, we're, we have this this concept right now, this 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 sub niche, right? This micro niche, this niche within a niche. What we're learning is the list of people leads that click on those ads that take any kind of action off those creates such a goldmine from a retargeting perspective, because now we can go back to Facebook and TikTok, by the way, which is half of the Facebook ad cost for us right now. So uh, we can go to these entities and we can say, hey, create a lookalike just like this group of people. And, and the smarter we get and the more narrower we focus our, our gaze and our focus and our target the more we connect with the right people, the smarter that list gets and the better our results get because we're telling Facebook and Instagram and TikTok and all the other places a better idea of who to, to go look for. It's so spot. And I'm, I'm shaking my head over here because it's like, I
1: kind of actually know what you're talking about now because I've had to educate. <laughs> we hired a marketing consultant. So I'm like, oh, I know what that means now. And part of that we're doing with the whole lookalike thing. We just activated that last week. And it's excellent. It's churning. You're, you're so right. It's we've got to first teach ourselves and then leverage these platforms with artificial intelligence or whatever. And and they have to also then get educated. And the smarter the machine gets, you're right. It places it in the more in front of the more relevant audience.
0: Once we get smarter, it gets smarter. Imagine that.
1: <laughs> you mean you can't read my mind? Facebook ads? <laughs> Come on. <laughs>
0: Well, Jake, I feel like you've got a plan. Um, it was awesome having you on today. Thank you, Thank you so much for your time. Uh, I trust this was helpful, and I will be following up with you uh, to see how the deployment <laughs> and the execution is, because knowledge never changed anything. Execution always does, and so I'm going to be following up to see how you put this all into practice. I, I welcome that accountability. Uh, this has been uh,
1: really good, man. And I, I do not we're friends, of course. We, we have a familiarity with each other, but
0: this was awesome, dude. Thank you so much. <laughs> Are you taking time to work on your business, or are you just so busy working in your business? The conversation with Jake was awesome. I I, I love him. He's a wonderful man, great heart, wants to help people. And uh, what he shared on the call, I hear from a lot of people that I coach time and time and time again. And the opportunity is, how do we take our offering to the world, the value we contribute to the marketplace, how do we take that to more people while maintaining what we currently have? What I can tell you is it's not going to be done with the same methods that got you to where you are. So how do we switch from our entrepreneurial mindset to a more purposeful one? Now, as you, as you heard there that we had the conversation about going down, niching down, now, that's a buzzword we hear in marketing all the time, but niching down, going, going smaller focused on who our target is. But then if you remember, we talked about going one level deeper. What's the micro niche within that niche? It was said earlier on a call I was a part of that it was once said the niches are in the riches and no longer is that true. Because everyone's now competing for the niches. The riches, my friends, are in the micro niches. It's not about finding everyone. It's not about getting everyone. It's about finding the right people that resonate with your offering, that need your offering, that desire your offering because you are clearly the person that can help them. So I trust this was helpful. Thank you for listening to the success line. Be sure to follow me on social media. I'm most active on Instagram at Ben Fairfield. Send me a private message. I'd love to connect with you. But thanks for listening. We'll be back here same time next week. If you're interested in receiving free coaching on a future episode, go to success.com slash success line guest. This has been a success podcast. Head over to success.com slash podcasts to hear more just like it.